Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we are going to talk about when your children have different personalities and how the activities that you do need to, um, you know, keep in mind both children versus some people end up going toward one side, you know, um, the child who's more like them or the child who's less annoying or something. (laughs) So, uh, so we'll be talking about that before we do, please do subscribe. In addition to the recent episodes that I always talk about, there's a whole bunch of other ones. There's about boundaries. There's about fantasy responses and talking, um, communicating with your partner about what you secretly actually want them to do and how transformative that could be. I'm not talking about just in bed either. Uh, There's stuff about couples and money. There's stuff about what women want in bed, uh, what men want in bed, etc. So anyway, subscribe. (laughs) And um, also join my Facebook group where there's a lot of interesting chat about stuff like um, psychology topics. So anyhow, um, oh, and also follow me on Medium. If you don't do that, I am on Medium if you like to get your, your articles that way. So uh, back to the topic at hand. So a lot of people have uh, siblings with really different personalities to them, and they felt when they were growing up that the, the, the sibling always got prioritized. And the sibling may have liked academic subjects more, and the parents approved of that more, or maybe the, the sibling was a good athlete, and so the parents were always doing athletic stuff because they themselves liked that or they were proud of it. But either way, there are a lot of people that um, I see as adults that really felt like they got shafted as kids because their sibling was always prioritized because of the sibling's personality or interests being more aligned with those of the parents or just more, you know, impressive in some way. If it was image conscious parents, then they would really like to do things that were, uh, let's say, going to see the quarterback play in his football game versus, you know, staying at home and with you who really just liked watching TV. (laughs) So like there are people who are like literally my parents never did the thing that I wanted them to do because they were always going with the sibling. So we don't want to replicate this because this leads to a lot of sadness early um, later on among adults when they always feel feel like they were not the prioritized child. And this isn't the favorite in a, like it is the favorite in a, in a sense of behavior, how the parents treated or how they allotted their time. But frequently these kids still felt loved. They just never really got the amount of time that the other kid got. And this can lead to resentment and sadness and also self-esteem issues because you don't really think that you're that important. Now, some parents today did grow up like that and they want it to be totally different now. So they really do like this kind of one-to-one correspondence, which you don't have to make yourself insane. You don't have to make sure that like if one kid has two extracurriculars after school, the other kid also has two extracurriculars, not three, not one. Doesn't really matter. We're just going to find two. 
no, that's just as stupid, right? I mean, that's like completely arbitrary. And that has to do with nothing in as much as your own anxieties than your parenting out of anxiety. We don't want parenting out of anxiety that things have to be even Steven all the time because the world doesn't work like that. But even a first good step for a lot of parents would be acknowledging that there's a differential in how much time they're spending with each kid. Because you are, unless you're like super anxious, like I just said, you got your like basically an internal spreadsheet tracking how much time you spend with each kid. This is of course easier with fewer kids. So two kids can be a lot easier to do that with than four kids. Then, um, you know, you, you have really no idea and you haven't really thought about it probably. So it would be a good thing to do overall is to think about how much time do you spend engaging each kid's interest. And it, you know, if, if you like even just kind of think about it objectively, which is hard as a parent because you're so bound up in being a good parent. But if you think about it objectively or you even like make a little list of the amount of stuff that you do with each kid, you may be surprised that it is really weighted toward one or the other. And also the rationales that you have invented for that, such as, well, like uh, this one is just a really good dancer and can go really far. And so they need to get to eight dance classes a week. And so I, I need to be there as the mom. Like I can't really send my husband because he doesn't know about dance and so blah, 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 blah. So this stuff, like usually when there's like um, a big disconnect, it's because the parent is thinking that there are these... um, like, like that a child is so talented that the parent becomes anxious about not allowing the child to uh, live up to their full potential and their full talent. So if a child's very good at sports in some way, very good at academics, very good at who, who knows what, then the parent feels that if they do not give the amount of time necessary that they feel is necessary to this child's growth and development, then they are like... Um, really doing wrong by this child and the child has this potential to be so gifted in this regard and go so far maybe even get a college scholarship whatever the case may be that the parent becomes consumed with it and if this is happening it's also really good to do a deep dive internally in therapy or just on your own about what you personally are getting from the engagement with this particularly talented child it's frequently and it's not talked about as much But it is kind of taboo to say that you're living through your child. But a lot of people are obviously doing that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be like a cliche. You know, people can see when their parents did it to them. But it's much harder to see when it's happening in real time between you and your child. You know, that you, for example, never got, like, you you were pretty athletic. But nobody gave a shit about driving you to practice. So you didn't get to maximize your full potential. And now when one of your kids and not the other is athletic, you're going to devote your entire life to uh, driving them places because you on some level are kind of parenting this child in the way that you wish that you were parented. But then you may be also forgetting that if your parent had driven you to every practice like you wish that they would have, they would have had no time for like themselves, the marriage, the other siblings, your other siblings, etc. So it's good to kind of think deeply about what you are trying to personally rectify by this uh, large time allotment to to one child. Now, there are some situations, of course, there's not always where there's this like child who's amazing at something. Sometimes it's just that children have different activities and interests. And in this case, it is hard. Like, for example, if you're somebody who really likes going to sports games, but really hates doing art, it's really hard to say that, um, you know, you shouldn't get season tickets to the game uh, and instead 
should sit around coloring. You know, I mean, it just doesn't feel like something that you want to do. And there's multiple ways to deal with this. First of all, like parents are allowed to split up and do one thing with each child. Like the one who likes to color can color sometimes, doesn't always have to color with the child, of course. The other one can go to the game sometimes with the other kid. And everything doesn't always have to be as a complete family unit. Things can be divide and conquer. That's totally normal. Things just get bad when parents do that all the time, uh, basically because then the parents never spend any time together as a couple and things get way too child-centered. But it is certainly something that can be done, you know, is to split up. And so then each child does get to do some of their thing. But also, like, you may have to, it really helps to be honest with yourself. So if you're somebody who, like, knows that your kid really likes art, And so your kid would really like to go to the museum and you're not a museum kind of person. Uh, It's so much easier to deal with that if you lie to yourself, you know, and you tell yourself that... uh, you're not going to the museum because the museum's too far away, the parking's too expensive and you need a whole afternoon for that versus like going to like play catch with the other kid constantly. (laughs) So then when you think about it, you know, the museum would be like, you know, five hours that you could do quarterly and you could still go play catch with the other kid like a lot, just like a half hour at a time. And then, but, but most people don't like think about it in terms of actual time commitment. They just hate the thing that they don't like. So they come up with a million reasons not to do it. And that's how I end up with adult clients who say things that are accurate that like I really wanted to go to the museum but my mom would never ever go ever (laughs) you know or I mean and it's not funny like it's funny for us adult children that are like wow like it like like crazy you know like when you think about it like my expectations were not that high and like still it like never ever happened you know so um (laughs) like uh, like there are girls whose mother never took them shopping that's like all they wanted to do never went with them to the salon that's all they wanted to do was have like a mommy and me day they never did it and like if you would ask the parent the parent would be like oh well I didn't realize that was such a big deal and or I was busy with the other sibling who had these other things that kind of I much more thought of as necessary so you don't want to be that person you know so a good thing to do is to take a really practical view of this. Like as a special thing, every quarter, let's say, every, uh, you know, so it's four times a year or less, if you've got more kids, more work, whatever, two times a year, you can make sure to do a special day with each child where you do their special activity that they would really like. And or every weekend you could have a special hour or two with each child where you just do the thing that they like to do. So as I've talked about in other parenting podcasts and posts, this special time is supposed to be a time where you just do, and you could do this like 10 minutes a night. That's where I've talked about it before. It's a really good way to connect with your kid, especially a little kid, is 10 minutes a night of no instruction, no correction, no direction, no questions, just literally doing an activity that your child likes to do. Well, for older kids who have more established interests than just playing, then you can expand this into having a special day where you really just plan something that the kid would really like. Not what you wish the kid would like. So it's not like taking the kid who really wants to go shopping at the mall. I'm not saying you have to spend a million dollars, but you know, shopping at the mall can can be like a range of stuff from like spending like you know, 25 bucks to spending like 2,500 bucks and you could be wherever you want in that. But, um, 
So like if your kid really wants to go to the mall and that would be their special day, don't convince yourself that they really like fashion. So instead, we're going to go see this uh, documentary on, uh, you know, a, a big fashion designer. That isn't what they want to do. That isn't the thing. So the, the thing they want to do is to go ha- have a day at the mall. So you would do that even if you hate it. You would just do it. And you feel so good after you do shit you hate <laughs> as long as you don't do that all the time. I mean, I even have a, a podcast or a post or something, don't do stuff you hate. Like, doing stuff you hate all the time is a good way to perpetuate or even start depression. But doing stuff that you don't particularly like sometimes because you're in a relationship with either your child or your partner or whatever, that's called being a good person. So do that, you know? Like, even if you don't like something, you've got to do it sometimes. And particularly if you're doing it with the other child. So your kid isn't saying, oh, well, that's okay that mom never ever takes me to the mall because she doesn't like the mall. You know, she does like, you know, Trivial Pursuit, which my brother likes. So I totally understand why my mother plays Trivial Pursuit with my brother once a weekend and never has taken me to the mall ever and or only takes me under duress and with um, sulking about it and judging the mall. Like the kids don't think like that. They think either mom loves my brother more than me or mom is uh, hates me or, or just uh, I don't feel comfortable in this home you know like this isn't a place where I am felt feel love and approval and I can't wait to get the fuck out of here and none of these things are good things for your child to think so when you are thinking about what you want to do to show your children that you love them it really should have very little to do with your own preferences ongoing sure if you like bike riding you could teach your family your kids whatever to take long bike rides great that's nice you know but don't convince yourself that it's something that they want to to do you know what they want to do is the stuff that they ask to do and so this isn't like um like you should be doing that all the time either like okay never bike ride only play uh, the board game they want of course not it's a balance but what I'm really addressing is parents who very much struggle with picking one kid's less preferred to them activity um, because they find so much more com- like uh, personal satisfaction in what the other kid wants to do and this is more common than you would think and you certainly know it's common if you're like oh yeah that's how my life went <laughs> and you may even be the preferred kid so or the preferred activity kid so you may look back and be like yeah you know it's interesting because my mom always did drive me to dance all the time my sister was always complaining about that I just thought she was being a brat but hmm what did my mother do with my sister as much as she drove me to dance I guess nothing like that would be a very useful epiphany because people that find it hard to uh, divide things egalitarian among the the kids usually grew up either uh with um, either as an only or with enough of an age difference, like basically seven plus years in the literature to be considered an only and or had a uh, hierarchy among siblings, like like what I'm describing. So they grew up with either having everything done for them because they were the only kid around or the youngest by a lot or the oldest by a lot, um, or they were the kid who... Um, was in a situation where the kids were not treated fairly. 
you know, so then it's very familiar to them to subconsciously that nobody says, I don't want to treat my kids fairly, but it is a familiar thing to have kids that do not get equal time or attention because that's how they grew up. They could be on either side of that, the one who got more attention or the one who got less attention. So people who grew up feeling like, oh yeah, my, like people say to me, like, this isn't like a pipe dream. You know, people say to me, oh yeah, my parents divided it pretty equally among me and my brothers and sisters, their time and their energy and their money and whatever. So that can happen. And I'm really doubting that those parents had a spreadsheet where they were like writing down all these activities. It's just a general feeling. And that's another thing to watch is your tone and your affect when you're discussing one kid's interest versus another kid's interest. So if the kid who like, um, likes reading, like you talk to them for infinity time about books, but the kid who likes uh, comic strips, like you won't talk to them about that because you don't think that that is like interesting or academic or intellectual. So this kid's always like drawing comic strips and you don't give a shit, but like you'll talk to the other kid who's like writing their own book, you know, or whatever, or loves to read. So you got to watch also the tone in how you frame it because frequently when siblings bully one another, they're taking something from what they hear hear about what the parents are actually feeling about one kid versus the other. So they will say the unspoken thing. So like when one sibling will look down on the other sibling's activities because they're picking up on an unspoken or semi-spoken, um, you know, disapproval or contempt from a parent. So the parent may not say, God, you're so, to, a, to one of the kids, God, you're so lazy just sitting in your bed all day, you know, reading those comic strip books. But the sibling picks up on the eye roll and the sigh, and then they say to the other sibling, man, you're so lazy, you're so useless, whatever. So when there is sibling bullying, which is an actual thing and bad and, and is something that is increasingly catching the attention of uh, you know mental health care as a whole, that this is important and not just something to be written off, it's usually because uh, the kids are learning something at home in how the parents think about one kid. All right, so a lot of information there and hopefully stuff that helps you shape how you are parenting and how you're thinking about one kid versus another kid. And uh, please do, of course, subscribe. And if you're a subscriber, please do comment with what you want my uh, podcast topics to be. That is a benefit of being a subscriber. I put you right to the top of the list. All right, talk to you all soon. Have a great day.